Welcome to episode 35, finally, of the Student Pilot Cast. Stage 3 check prep hijacked. I'm Bill Williams and I'm learning to fly in front of the world. Come join me as I prepare for my stage 3 check with a different instructor this time. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango, is at Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. Welcome back, SPC listeners. I'm so glad to be back with you after a bit of a break from releasing episodes. As you may be aware, I've taken on a couple of other projects in the aviation potosphere, and that, coupled with a very busy life for the last few months, has led to an unacceptable delay in episode releases. So for that, I apologize. Hopefully, though, the revival of the pilot cast helps make up for this a bit. If you haven't heard, the pilot cast is back and features Pilot Kent, one of the original hosts, along with new hosts Pilot Tiffany, and of course yours truly, Pilot Bill. I hope you'll head over to PilotCast.com to check it out if you haven't already. The Pilot Cast, like the Student Pilot Cast, can also be found in iTunes and other podcast aggregators as well. Now that we're starting to groove on the Pilot Cast, I'm back here with another training flight from my loyal SPC listeners. Along those lines, I want to thank you for your patience. All of the email and encouragement that I've received from some of you, and most of all, for listening to me learn to fly in front of the world. If you'd like to contact me, there are several ways to do it. First, a simple email to bill at studentpilotcast.com will do the trick. You can also go to the website, studentpilotcast.com, and use the contact link to drop me a message. Lastly, you can always find me in the Twitter sphere at twitter.com slash billwill, that's B-I-L-L, W-I-L. I'm happy to be bringing you another training flight today. If you recall, I was in a bit of a whirlwind four days in which I'd be flying five times. This would be the third of those five flights. The first of those was covered in episode 33, Into the Night, and was a dual night cross-country. The next day, I flew a solo flight, and that was covered in episode 34, Solo, Shorts, Softs, and FOD. Today we'll be covering a flight that occurred the very next day. It was a dual flight with a different instructor, Kevin, because my regular instructor, Larry, was out on vacation for a while. Obviously, with a stage check looming, I needed to keep flying to get ready, so I needed to do some flying with other instructors. Kevin would end up playing a pretty important role in my training, which I'll explain in a future episode, so I'm glad to be able to introduce him here. Besides the necessity of flying with a different instructor because mine was out of town, I really do think it's a great learning tool to do this on a regular basis if you can. I would encourage students, if possible, to fly sometimes with other instructors. It'll usually help you understand something you otherwise wouldn't have, and at the very least will help you see that there are many different techniques that you can choose from to put in your own tool belt as you figure out your own methodologies and style. Back to the flying. During this lesson, we'd be preparing me for my stage 3 check that was coming up the next day. During that stage check, I would be asked to simulate the beginning of a check ride by preparing a flight plan beforehand, executing the flight plan, but before arriving all the way at the destination, being asked to divert somewhere else using the tools at my disposal, which of course did not consist of any sort of GPS. Actually, the plane I had this day had a Garmin 430 installed, but I wasn't allowed to use it. 
That meant radio navigation, pilotage, and dead reckoning. Good times. Part of this preparation would be to help me understand what would be expected of me during both the stage check and, ultimately, the private pilot check ride later in the month. Some of this was somewhat new to me, and was probably another good reason I was flying with someone who was less comfortable with me and I with him. There'd be more straight talk that way. In fact, I learned quite a bit about specific expectations of this school and the DPE that I would fly with eventually, which obviously came in very, very handy. As usual, we'll start here in the cockpit, grabbing the ATIS just after starting up. We called them and they were Tower information, Sierra time 1553 Zulu, wind 130 at 4, temperature 33, dew point 13, altimeter 29082, visual approach in use, landing and departing, runways 22 left and right. Notice to airmen, multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport up to 310 feet AGL. All departing aircraft advise ground control direction of flight. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler Airport. Advise on initial contact of Sierra. Chandler Ground, Cherokee 9126. Mike is at Chandler Air Service. Uh, we have Sierra, and we'd like to taxi the active for a southeast departure. Cherokee 9126, Mike, Chandler Ground, taxi runway 22 right via Alpha November. Taxi to 22 right via Alpha November, Cherokee 26, Mike. One of the first things that Kevin did talk to me about was brevity on the radio. While he didn't care how I did it, he offered up that I added some unnecessary phrases and terms during my initial call, and that if it were his call, it would be something more like this. Chandler Ground Warrior 9126 Mike Southbound with Alpha. Very succinct. This made total sense, and the importance of brevity on the radio would be demonstrated very well within five minutes of Kevin's words of wisdom to me. We taxied out to 22 Right and did the run-up. During this time, my temporary CFI asked me why I was getting into flying and what my goals were. You've all heard it before, so I won't include it here, but I was happy to offer up my enthusiasm to Kevin on how I had to fly. I also thought it was nice that he was finding out what my goals were. Kevin gave me a heads up on what he wanted to see to start off. I want to see a uh, soft field takeoff. Okay. What speed do you accelerate to before you climb out? Uh, on a soft field, uh, I'm going to accelerate to 63 before I start climbing out. In ground effect. That's right. Okay. And I've been flying the 2-1 and 2-2 Tango, so I get confused where everything's at sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because the suction gauge is over yeah. there. Coming up, just before taking off, I got some specific instruction on how to hold the map, keep it ready, keep it oriented properly, etc. Much of these tips I, I had never been taught or shown before, or, or I had forgotten them, so Kevin was whipping me into shape. It goes back to the value of flying with different CFIs to get different perspectives and styles. Kevin was laying it on me when he saw something that he knew would get me into trouble at some point, even if just with the DPE. Man, this was helpful. And a little humbling. At the end of Kevin's lesson, and as we pulled up to the hold short line after the run-up, is an amazing example of what not to do on the radio at a controlled airfield. Anywhere, really, but especially a controlled airfield and, and one as busy as Chandler. You'll hear my frustration in the audio. After all, I was burning dollars waiting for a very selfish, albeit very kind-sounding gentleman in a... In a heli around the area. Maybe he hadn't had his morning coffee yet or something, I don't know, but take a listen to this, and then 
make sure you read the aim on communications. Just out of curiosity, well, you know which way you're going to go when you get off the ground? Where's your map? Got to be open. You got to be ready to go. Also, what direction are we going to take off? We're, we're taking off this way, right? Yep. So that's the way your map needs to point. Okay. Then when you look out, you look over and you see the Santans, then you know we're going to go head over to the Santans and then adjust your course. The earlier you get your trim, by the way, the closer you're going to be on course. Just wondering uh, what runway are you guys using out here today? The Rumor 485 Sierra Channel Tower Sagan. What run runway are you using today? The Rumor 485 Sierra, currently we're on runways 22, wind calm altimeter 2982. Uh, you don't have much traffic on the uh, left side, do you? November 45, sir, I believe there's three or four aircraft over there at this time. Oh, which which side is the uh, slower side? Oh, come on. November 45, sir, it's uh, not really uh, too slow in the mornings. Um, is there something that you need? or? Yeah, we were thinking about, you know, come doing a couple uh, touch and goes. November 45, Sierra Rudder. Uh, the helicopters normally use a south parallel taxiway trolley pattern. If you'd like that, uh, currently you can contact Channel Town 133.1 and they can work you in. 33.1, okay, we see a southbound helicopter down below as well. Oh, shut up. November 45, Sierra Rudder. Did you want the, to do the touch and goes right now? Yeah, you see a 33.1? November 45, Sierra Affirmative. Give them a call. Go, 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 go. Taylor Tower, Cherokee 9126, Mike is at 22 right, ready to go. Cherokee 9126, Mike, Channel Tower, fly runway heading, runway 22 right, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff, 22 right, Cherokee 26, Mike. Okay, just amazing, right? There's so much wrong with this that I don't even think I need to comment further, so we'll just let it go for now. As you heard, Kevin encouraged me to quickly jump in and ask for my takeoff clearance, which I did. So we took off. Kevin had some really good advice for me on getting the plane ready and in position for holding short, but it was local knowledge, so I'm not going to need to include it here. As we turned on course, I'll let you listen to a potpourri of instruction from, from Kevin over the course of the next few minutes, all smashed together uh, right here in the audio. Remember, I was on a mock cross-country similar to what I would do on my stage check and later on my check ride, so this was gold to me. Kevin was really helpful in getting me prepared and gave me a lot of really good instruction on a whole bunch of topics during this flight. As I said, here are a few. All right, so here we are. I'd turn on course right here. Okay. Well, my course was 130. Um, so here we are. Just, uh, and we're going across the sentence. You see how we're going to cross this edge right here? Yeah, then we're going to go over some stuff here. Yep. All right. Also, um, yeah, that's good. And so you see some little bit of mountain right there that we're going to go in between? Yep. That's going to be that piece right there. Okay. So you're on the right side of this, or the west side, and you're going to be on the east side of that mountain. You're going to keep heading that direction. You're getting your 130 just like you got magnetically, and it's not windy, so it's a benefit to be calm. Yeah. Now, while you're flying, you're always doing triangula triangulation. Okay. Three points. You need something to the, to the left of the plane, something to the right of the plane, something straight ahead to fly to. So you're, you're, you're constantly trying to verify that you're not screwing something up. Right? Okay, well, you, I've got this peak out here that's off the right of the nose. So, Newman Peak. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, Newman. That's a good point. 
What's the name of that mountain right there? Uh, those are... Find my line. Uh, Sacatone. That's right. Go. We just don't want the pits to go going vertical right in front of us. This is the aerobatic area over the yeah. mountains? Yeah. Now, how far off course do you think it's going to take us when we fly 110 for another five minutes? Uh, my bad. <laughs> So you got your point out there. That's the Sacaton Peaks. You got traffic up there. He's no factor. Yep. All right. I think that's what they call the witch's hat. I'm not sure. And that thing out there is Mr. Volcano. Did you hear those guys? Do you guys ever listen to the uh, practice frequency? 122.85? Uh-uh. Oh, the whole South Phoenix area has a frequency, 122.85, where people announce their positions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you know there's a way to fly without turning left, right? right. Like when you put your head down, take your hands off the controls real quick. The plane wants to roll a little bit to the left, right? Just keep the right rudder in a little bit. Yeah, just you steer with your feet. High wing, low wing type stuff, okay? Make small corrections and you should be able to keep the wing up. Right. Everybody gets heavy handed when they look down. They're doing this, everything's perfect, man. And then the head goes down and the head, you know? And I would turn to the right because my hand's on the right side. Right. All right, so you want to be careful because you've been getting 10 degrees every time you put your head down. Yep. So you want to look for that. You can fly with your hands All right, where are we exactly right now? We are right here. All right, good. So if I say, you're right here, okay? Uh-huh. And I said, divert to Coolidge. Or Cassegrand. So you go like this, and then you drag your hand over to the VOR, and you go right here. So 190, if you turn to 190, it gives you a general idea. I see. Okay. So you're getting your magnetic heading. That's right. And that's it. Magnetic course, anyway. And then you are doing pilotage from there. Okay. Um... Than mine. My thumb is five miles wide. So how far do I need to fly to get to Coolidge? Ten miles. If I look ten miles out at one nine zero, am I going to see Coolidge? Casa Grande, you mean? That's yeah, Casa Grande. Okay. <laughs> and there's Casa Grande right there. Yep. Yeah, these Rex Airs have stopped by the Dorisky's at 5,000 miles, right? 6,500 yeah. directly over the Dish. And it's just that, you know, obviously no one's going to say, well, it's nine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but you need to have an idea of what's going on. It's ten miles, I'm flying 90 knots an hour. Uh, or just 90 knots. So how long is it going to take me to fly 10 miles? Well, it would take me an hour to fly 90. So let's yeah. say 8 minutes. So I should be able to fly that direction for 8 minutes. Yeah. Uh, going right through. We're going to wash it through right here, this piece right here. Uh, oh, uh-huh. And right through here. Yep. See where it's broken up right here? It's indicating that it might be a dry wash. We just flew over it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. And then the one that goes around the Sacaton Peak just doesn't, is not a wash, but it's some kind of water feature, right? There's a canal right there. It goes all the way around Sacaton Peak. Now, not only did we just identify that we're 100% sure that that's Sacaton Peak because we have another feature to prove it, we have a wash over here. We're in between those two washes and we're about to cross a main road. Where's this main road? Right there, right? Right where your finger is. So that's where we are exactly. Also, you're going to cut off that north, that uh, very southern corner of Casagrande. Yep. Oh, you can see it. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> Go that direction. All right. So cut that corner, and then you kind of wings level, 
and then you're going to have to do piloted based on that. Now, maybe 130 would have been perfect if we were on course. We might have been just off to the side a little bit, right? There also could be a little wind. Actually, it looks like there might be. If you That's look right. out there at that dust. That's right. And that dust looks that like looks it's blowing like down. Like yeah, so... A mile Nonetheless, <laughs> go figure. Wind correction, everything's working out. Surface winds are always going to be a different direction, but then our winds will off right up here. And you notice that 3,500 feet, Kevl is perfectly clear of that mountain. Yeah. Cross-country ninth flight, I wouldn't even fly that close to it. Yeah, okay. And I would give myself 2,000 feet just like you did. So you did that right. Cool, huh? There was even more than I have here, but you get the idea. Absolute gold, I tell you. Okay, so we're approaching a tiny airport that he told me was our destination for the flight plan that I had created. We weren't going to land there, but I was supposed to find it. This would also happen during the stage check, albeit to a different field, of course. For those following along at home, he had me going to a little private strip called Sarita that is located about two nautical miles due west of Coolidge, which is Papa 08. I'll tell you right now, it's hard to find. I bet it's really hard to find, isn't it? <laughs> it's a runway. It's not an airport. It's a what? It's a dirt strip. It's yeah. like it's not an airport. Right. It's an ag strip, right? Yeah. Dude, if you can find it on your own, you can find anything. <laughs> I'm serious. All right. And when you do your check ride, you're flying to an actual airport. Yeah. You know, where there's a big giant clearing. All right. We've got features to look for, right? Where is this thing yeah. directly across from? It's directly, south, it's directly north of this uh, reservoir. This could be dry, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's also it's also due... Well, true, true west, west from Coolidge, which has kind of a weird... Do you see Coolidge yet? No, the airport? not yet. Let's well, how see. many miles is it from the airport? It's uh, five miles, six miles. So look six miles away from the edge of the city to the southeast. See anything out there? Yeah, I see a lot of farmland. Hold on. You see any buildings out there? Six miles southeast? Ah, uh, there it is. Okay. Right there. No? Yeah, no. are you pointing right through there? At your 11 o'clock? Yeah. Okay, just looks like you're pointing over there. Oh, oh. Oh, you know what? I do have the wrong thing. Okay. I see, I see it. Those buildings. I see it. Okay. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It, I, I didn't realize it was in some rising terrain. Yeah, this stuff's a pain in the ass sometimes. Huh. Huh? So if that's right there. Southeast Factor, where your 5361 Zulu is two miles to the east of Mr. Volcano, 2,200 feet, not up its maneuvers. That's true. So nine. This is the direction that the roads are going to run. At uh, 4,000 feet, talk That's going to be a little that way. going to lower the nose a little so I can see. Southeast practice area, Arkansas 7 Lima, is uh, Renaissance uh, Festival of 3,500 feet, uh, practice slow flight. Sheesh, I can't even tell what direction the runway runs. Here's some help. Our roads go. Magnetic true. Oh, they're true? Yeah. So this is true, right? Oh, so then I'm right on top so of it. follow the road coming straight off of that. And look for your little runway. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm right on top of it then. You're not right on top of it. No? Alright. It's about three miles to the west of uh, North Test Track. Look over to Coolidge. Follow the roads. I mean, look at the Coolidge Airport. Oh, Follow okay. the roads west. Any buildings? Right there? Okay. Oh, there it is. See, see how it's kind of dark pavement? Yep. Let's go to it. Let's see if it's that for sure. Okay. And also, look how far we are uh, west of those that, that reservoir. Okay. That, that's the reservoir with all those green trees. Oh, uh, okay. There's a little bit of water in it. So you can follow that straight up. Yep. Yeah. You follow the roads that are true north and south. You can use roads in Arizona. Yeah. You go anywhere else. Right? I thought they were magnetic, though. No. We fly magnetic. Everything is true. Okay. Everything on your map is true until we make it magnetic, right? Right. All right. Southeast practice area, Warrior 9126 Mike, 3,200 feet over Sarita. Now that looks like it. I see some airplanes. Okay. Now, I want you to divert to Casa Grande. Okay, we found it. Of course, I needed some coaching to do so. Choosing places like that for a student seems mean, I guess, but like he said, if you can find that, you can find anything. That sounds like good teaching to me. Also, as you heard, I got my divert instruction. Without knowing beforehand where the diversion would be to, I now knew that I had to fly to Casa Grande, which is to the west about 15 miles. I would need to use pilotage and dead reckoning to do so. Let's see how I did. I want you to find your, I want you to divert to Casa Grande. Okay. Trim the nose, it's dropping on you. Now when you're trying to divert somewhere, do you want to fly as fast as you can? Nope. So just set it to 2400 RPM and maintain altitude. Okay, I know I want to go this way, so I'm going to get it started and then I'm going to... No, I want you to stay here until you're ready to go. Okay. No, just orbit. Keep turning. Okay. Just, I don't want you to try to fly there. Alright, so... No, I'm right here. You gotta look up every now and then. You look down, you look up. You can't stay in the cockpit. You gotta look at your altimeter and see if your altimeter is dropping. Okay, now take that mark you just made and steadily drag that to the VOR. Just like, no, just across the line right there, right through there, to there. Don't move your, don't twist your chart to make it work. I gotcha. Okay, so it's about 90, so 270. No, like go from up here, okay? Yeah. And then just drag it down. That's what I did? Okay. I, I saw you do this. Oh, okay. But I didn't mean to. Okay. You go, you, right. And you're going to that. Yeah. So what heading do you want? I want uh, 265. Okay. Now, from here or from Sarita? From Sarita. So go back to Sarita and turn to 265. You want me to turn all the way around or just yeah. get in line with it? 3,200 feet. Well, pretty far away. Just go back to it and turn. This is, our, you, this is your check right. You drew the line from Sarita for a diversion. So go to Sarita and then turn to your heading. Okay. You simply say, well, I drew the line from Sarita. That's where I need to go from. Okay. And if you orbited around Sarita, we would have... It would have uh, been easier. I see a shadow. There it is. Sorry. Johnson Branch at 3,000 feet, heading back to Gateway. Last call. You're fine. Got it. That's the downside to flying by an airport next to an airport. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to go 265, okay? So once we get there, 
You just turn to 265 and head. How far is it? Up left, Dr. Terry, Cessna, Bodchester Whiskey is at 4,500, two miles to the west of uh, Australia. 15 miles. Aeroport. 15 uh, miles. How long is it going to take to get there? It's going to take about uh, 12 minutes. Okay. 11 minutes. That's fine with me. Let's see how close you're going. Southeast sector 4133 kilos, two miles north of Hatchie Junction Landfill. Once we turn to our heading, I'll start my little timer. Okay. Just to see how close you are. You can turn from here and say, okay, here's Sarita, 265. Side track, Terry, Baron Forner, and Pop is due south of the town of Coolidge, 6,000 to 3,000, headed towards the Southeast 7 just level off at 3,000 feet. West of the okay. Coolidge, 4,000 feet. We're crossing over Coolidge and route to the airport. So you can put that away. Now, how do we know we're going in the right direction other than the heading we picked? No, let's see. You have 10 degree deviation on your... No, you don't. You have 5 degrees deviation on your compass, so go ahead and set that. On your heading, I care. There's mountains right here. Yep. Sacaton Peak. That's right there. Over there. Right now I'm going to be to the right of that about uh, four, three, four miles. There's a city. Or to the left of that, I mean. There's a city 15 miles away, and the airport's north of that. Yep. See a city over there? Yep. So we're going to go that direction somewhat, right? Um, we know that the roads are uh, straight across, right? We yeah. can actually follow these roads. True, okay. And we'll just barely go over this one. Yep. Our course shows us about five miles, yeah, four I miles think. south of that airport. Uh, the peak? The peak, yeah. I, I think I have the airport. Okay. Well, you, if you if you point straight in front of us, you do have the airport. Yeah, okay. Right off the nose. Cool. That's your, that is your cross-country departure. That's what your check rat's going to be like. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. So that was that. After being reminded to depart from a known area on the map rather than drifting away, it turned out okay. I let my altitude drift a little bit too, but it wasn't too bad. Once I had Casa Grande Airport in sight, Kevin told me to go ahead and do a touch-and-go there. We'll pick it up as we approach the airport. Casa Grande traffic, Cherokee 26 Mike is three miles southeast of the field. Uh, we're going to make left traffic for runway five, Casa Grande. Descent then. Not yet. We're going to cross the field oh, and enter okay. into a traffic pattern, so let's stay at the side. Stanfield. Yeah, back there. Okay. All right, so what's the altitude for the field? It's uh, 1243. So we can say that 2300 feet is pattern altitude. Okay. 500 feet crossing. So we'll go 2700 over. Okay. Or 28 over. That's good. We'll just level off here. And once we get across and start to enter the pattern. Now this is kind of a roundabout way to enter. Usually when I cross the right. field. If it was busy, we would definitely do that. You want me to clover leaf out and come in on a 45? No, go midfield, turn right, and then turn left. Okay. All you have to do is set your distance from the runway and then turn left. Okay. Start descending. And start descending down to 2,300 feet. And then you can tell them what you're doing.
I'll get this one. Okay. Casa Grande Air Traffic Warrior 9126 Mike is left downwind runway 5, Casa Grande. What? Cass Grant traffic, uh, Cherokee 26 Mike is on uh, left downwind for five, have traffic in sight, uh, Cass Grant. Traffic on traffic, Cherokee 5720, whiskey to 2500, uh, five miles to the north, entering for the left traffic pattern around runway five. Cast Grand Traffic, Cherokee 26 Mike is on final for runway 5. Cast uh, Grand. Overshot. some reason, three miles north of the field, which I think is insane. One of the busier airports. Well, that was as exciting as it got. We actually didn't really talk during the landing, so I guess no talking and no excitement on a landing is a good thing. Kevin started looking around for a hood as well, but there wasn't one in the airplane. He wasn't planning on doing any hood work with me when we left, but he decided if he could find one in there, he would torture me some more. Every now and then you get lucky. Overhead the um... So we were leaving the Casa Grande area to head back home. We'll pick it up there. You'll notice at one point I was questioning how to use the swap button on the radio. This was actually the first time I'd ever used a 430, a Garmin 430, which has the, the radio built in with the GPS. So I was trying to figure out how to, how to use the radio on it. Also in this segment, you'll hear an aircraft that is having problems transmitting on the radio. And he gets a couple of transmissions in, but he's he's having some problems with it. The controller does a good job getting him getting him in, even though his radio is totally flaky. Here you go. Cast Grant traffic, Cherokee two six Mike is on upwind uh, runway five, uh, leaving the area to the north. Cast Grant. to the north. Um, let's wait till we cross I-10, make sure we don't hit any skydivers. Look over your controls real quick. About another minute, we'll be uh, heading inbound <laughs> for the uh, GPS 2-3 approach. Uh, I'm trying to uh, multitask and get a workout in at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you want to trim every leg? I can't demonstrate a takeoff or landing with my students without trimming. I always say that as a point to if I want to show a good traffic, everything, while well, I'm talking, things get away from me. No, you're absolutely right. I don't trim enough. Alright, this is close enough. We'll just go direct to Chandler, full stop. Stanford traffic, Bonanza 5587 kilos, Roxy inbound, runway 5, Kazimath. Two two left, so let's do a short field. I want you to land on the two. Okay. On it or just above it? On it. On it. Okay. 
did get a little bumpy over those mounts. Not too bad. Three two five. Three two five. Okay. Now let's switch it over. Uh, which one was that? This one. Yep. Oh, that does the same thing for the yeah, okay. visual approaching you, sliding and departing runway. Dialing one three three point one nine. Notice, Airman, multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Channel Airport, up to three hundred ten feet AGL. All departures advise ground control direction of flight. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Channel Airport. Read back all hold short instructions. Advise on initial contact. You have Tango. Chandler, confirmation Tango, time 1652 Zulu. Wind calm. Temperature 35, dew point 12, altimeter 2981. Chandler, Tower, Cessna 1897 Victor. Cessna 1897 Victor, Tanner Tower. Yeah, Tower, Cessna 1897 Victor. We're having a little bit of radio snafu here. I'm over the airport, 3,000 feet. I was inbound to Tango from the uh, South Park area. Victor, I uh, understand you're in route to the south practice area, or you, you want to come to Chandler? Actually, over Chandler now at about 3,000 feet, and uh, we're having radio problems trying to get in. Check up to 97, Victor, you want to land at Chandler? <laughs> He's not getting that response. You can go ahead and hop in there real quick, okay? Chandler Tower, Cherokee 9126 Mike, six miles south of the field, uh, inbound, full stop with Tango. Cessna 5-3, Golf Runway 22 left, clear to land. Clear to land, 2 left, Cessna 5-3, Golf. But I heard two clicks. Cessna 1897, Victor, Chandler Tower, radio check. I won't go into the airspace. Tango. Channel Tower Warrior 9126 Mike, six miles to the south with full stop with Tango. Tricky 9126 Mike, Channel Tower, make left traffic runway 22 left, report entering downwind. Make left traffic for 22 left and we'll report downwind. Turkey 26 Mike. Cessna 97 Victor, if you hear me, I dent. Alright, uh, be alert. Uh, we got a guy in here with no radio. Yep. See that? I trimmed. Good for you, man. Just the 97 Victor, I then observed McWright traffic, runway 22 right, descend as needed. He's way over there. Number one for, the, for runway 22 right. I see he's a little black, he's a little white dot on yeah, the other side. He's way up there, man. Gotta be careful, it's 5,000 feet on that side. Oh, bust the Bravo? Yeah. Don't want that on your record. Cessna 97 Victor, you're loud and clear. Runway 22 right, clear to land. Clear to land, 22 right for 97 Victor. Channel Tower, we're 81312, 6 south, Tango, full stop. We're 81312, Channel Tower, make left traffic, runway 22 left, report entering that one. Left traffic, 22 left, report the down one, 312. Cessna 97 Victor, check your trailer. Really, I was going to say. <laughs> well, I had trimmed, but then we got in a downdrift and started. I had to give it some power. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. You want to keep it at 24, though. Sometimes you feel like you're fast, sometimes you feel like you're slow. Okay. But, uh, 
Don't forget you're paying by the hour. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, I'm going to turn the fuel pump on. I think we're still on the full tank. I have three golf hold short of runway 22 right. Have we uh, switched the full tank? Two two we switched to the Casa Grande. Yes. Yeah. Chandler Tower, Cherokee uh, 26 Mike is on downwind. Chandler Tower, helicopter 3082 Charlie is five miles to south inbound for taxiway Charlie with information Tango. Cherokee 9126 Mike, runway 22 left, clear to land. Clear to land, 22 left, 26 Mike. Pick up 3082 Charlie, Chandler Tower, report south point. Point south point, AP Charlie. 87 Kilo final. Pick up 87 Kilo, taxiway Charlie, clear touch and go. Clear touch and go, right, 7 Kilo, taxiway Charlie. Chandler Tower, 4122 Tango, just out of gateway, full stop. Cherokee 4122 Tango, Chandler Tower, make straight in runway 22 left, report 2 miles. Straight in 22 left, report 2 miles. Okay. Cessna 53 Golf, turn left on 22 right, turn right at taxiway Mike, then contact ground. 53 uh, Golf, left turn on Mike, right turn on Mike, contact ground. What's final approach speed? Uh, 63. Okay, good. Test the 97 Victor, turn right taxiway hotel. Does it matter what speed you are here? Do you have to be 75? No. Right. I usually tell, I usually tell my, my students to be 70. That when they're turning base the final, they don't have to slow down 17 miles. Hi, everyone. Clear. Okay. I just have to use an auxiliary mic in order to talk to you. Just 97 Victor, Roger. And uh, on your transponder selection in the down one, that was a hijack squawk. <laughs> Instead, add power. Okay. Because now what's look what's happening. Now we're high. Now we're still doing three seven kilo. Confirm approaching left base. One four Victor turn base. Pick up a one four Victor taxiway Charlie clear touch and go. All right, clear touch and go. One four. Well, that was it. A short field landing on the left, and we were back home. Did you notice the Nordo guy put in the hijack squawk seventy five hundred instead of the Nordo squawk of seventy six hundred? Oops. At least he got it down safely, so I guess high fives all around. So that does it for this solo practice flight. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out Air Freddy's Learning to Fly Guide if you want to get some details on flight training if you're interested in starting. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode on the website at, again, www.studentpilotcast.com. I also want to remind everyone that we're, we're within 100 days of Oshkosh 2010, so start getting ready. I hope to see you there. Thanks again for joining me as I prepared for my Stage 3 check. As I said, I got a lot of good instruction during this dual flight. I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Take care until next time. Most importantly, go learn to fly. Music for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. 
You can get more information and subscribe to the Student Pilot Cast using iTunes, Zoom, or any other podcast aggregator at www.studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me and me alone in the situation that we were in at the time. Please do not try to apply anything you see or hear in this episode or any other episode to your own flying. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.